0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing
1: needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, well it's the big show. Yes, yeah, it's a big show. All right, it's Big Show
0: OT. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Flying solo here for Big Show OT. Dan Plucker, second round executive producer of the show this evening. Coming up at 7 o'clock, it's a college sports show down with Chillis. They'll be previewing the college basketball season from 7 until 9 tonight here on the FAM. Lots to get to on today's uh, OT. We'll leave things off here with Adam McKelvey from Brewers.com. He's on hold. Get to him momentarily. Also, talk with Matt Schneidman from The Athletic about uh, the Green Bay Packers as they get ready to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. And plus get his thoughts on what he saw at practice uh, from earlier today. And then coming up at about 6.30, we'll talk with John McNamara from BadgerBlitz.com and talk about the big wide receiver recruit they got uh, away from Michigan that comes up at about 6.30. So a full show here for this next hour. Joining us now is Adam McKelvey on the great Midwest Bank hotline. Good evening, Adam.
1: Hey, good evening. I've missed you, Sparky.
0: I've missed you, too. I've just been sitting here chewing on Skittles throughout the show this evening. And
1: uh,
0: (laughs) thinking of my guy Adam McKelvey having some candy. Uh, Okay, so first things first. Devin Williams uh, comes up with the uh, win for Rookie of the Year. Uh, Your thoughts on him getting that honor, and did you expect him to get the win?
1: No, I thought it would be a position player because You know, these awards typically will go to the guy who's on the field every day um, unless the pitcher is like special, historic. And that's why Devin Williams was in this conversation. I think of a couple of years ago when Jacob deGrom had the year where he was really legitimately in the NL MVP discussion. And it was I remember having that vote and having a really hard time figuring out where to fit. Jake Degrom in with the great position players that season, and it's it's not easy when you have to sit there for MVP. You have to fill out one to ten for the rookie awards. Um, I think it's one to well for Cy Young. I know it's one to five. I didn't have the rookie. So I'm not. I think it might be one to three for the rookies that you vote. Um, and it's it's tricky. And this year was tricky. And you know, you WAR is not perfect. Um, That's wins above replacement for it. those
0: listening that don't know what that means.
1: So it's, it's – and, and this is how modern front offices build their clubs. They all have their own formulas to determine war. They use it for amateur players to do the draft. And you assign – you try to assign some kind of score to a player of how valuable they are, and, and different sites have different values. And you can see – I was just looking at it for the three guys. So baseball – people know baseball reference, great site. If you go by war, Cronenworth 1.4, Williams 1.2, uh, Alex Baum was 0. .7. Fangraphs, another really good site for stuff like this, Um, Cronenworth 1.4, Baum 1.2, and Williams 1.4, so it's really even, and I, you know, I know everyone's reaction is like, oh, how did so-and-so leave this guy off or vote this guy over that guy, these were all really good rookie players, and it just came down to you know, preference, do you like the history-making reliever or do you like the, the really good everyday player?
0: All right, so I'm going to – since you brought that up, let's just address it because John Heyman put it out there, and they also put out the ballot for everyone to see. Andrew Wagner and uh, our guy Tom Hardricourt both didn't vote uh, for Devin Williams. So when you are in a situation, like if you're in the NBA, you're voting for MVP and you cover the Bucks or – Uh, You're in Green Bay, and you cover the Packers, and you're voting for MVP, and you cover Aaron Rodgers. Do you feel pressure to vote for the guy that you cover when he's up for an award versus trying to do the fair thing or the right thing or whatever the case may be? Because I'd have to think there's a little bit of pressure, especially if you know all the votes are going to be exposed for everybody to see what you
1: did. No, I think it's the opposite, Sparky. You feel pressure. You almost feel bias against the guy you cover. Because you don't want to be seen as a homer. Because I get sixteen messages uh, after every Brewers loss, calling me a homer who won't ask any tough questions, and we all do. And um, you know, you want to avoid the bias of uh, you know you. You're watching for uh, for us the Brewers. We're watching Brewers players every day. I'm not. I don't. I didn't see Jake Cronenworth play a single game except for snippets in the postseason. Um, I don't think I saw Alec Baum play. I don't think I saw him swing the bat. So um, you, you, you do kind of want to do your research on these other guys to avoid being the homer, voting for the guy just because he was in front of your eyes all season. And it's a tough position to be in. I'll tell you, just to go back, I remember last year with the Christian Yelich-Cody Bellinger debate. I mean, if you're, if you're just detached about it, there was not a wrong answer you, I, I think I voted Yelich one, Bellinger two. It ended up being Bellinger one, Yelich two. Yelich doesn't and get
0: hurt; he wins that award.
1: Probably. Yeah, he would have. But even as it was, his numbers—I felt no tinge of regret voting him one. Right. It was not homerism. Yep. The numbers were there. Um, but look, it was really hard, and I, you know, I, I, I think a lot of voters do this, where you try to call around. To colleagues, I talked to, I got a lot of calls from my uh, MLB.com colleagues asking me a little bit about Devin Williams and saying, like, am I crazy voting a reliever first for rookie of the year? And I would say, no. I mean, you kind of look at the numbers and they're there. It was historic. It, it wasn't just a guy having a really good year in 27 innings, you know, small sample. It was like history. It was, we'd never seen a pitcher do what Devin Williams did in 27 innings. And what would he have done uh, with, 60, 70 innings, I would have loved to see it, and we'll get to see it hopefully in future seasons. But um, I, don't, I don't think there was anything wrong with voting for a reliever in this case. And also, I really don't feel like there was anything wrong for the for the voters who went with another player, because those are really solid rookies who put up great numbers and would have been just fine as rookies of the year.
0: I want to go back, talking with Adam McKelvey of com here on Big Show OT on uh, the fan I want to go back to David Williams in a pitcher winning this thing I mean, he's the first one to win rookie of the year since Craig Kimberl I believe and uh, what was it yep. 2011 or something so that is a, a is a big deal in itself but then the other thing that came out when they were talking to him on the MLB network that Dan Plucker our executive producer told me told me in my ear while it was happening was he's the first player person to win that award without making a single start at, as a pitcher or getting a single save as a pitcher as well
1: that's crazy yeah I was looking at the list last week of relievers who have won the award I think they I think Devin Williams is the 12th if I remember my numbers correctly and he's only the second who did not lead his team in save so if the rookie of the year has gone to a reliever it's been a closer who had a good year like Craig Kimbrell with the brave right. in 2011 the only other non-closer to win the Rookie of the Year award was Scott Williamson for the Reds in 99, and he had 19 saves that season. Danny Graves had somewhere in the mid-20s. Oh, yeah. sort of the, the closer. Um, so what Devin Williams did is really rare, and, and, you know, it fits this weird year, right? Everything was – the numbers are all sort of goofy um, with only 60 games, good and bad. And that sort of added to the challenge. I mean, um, the, the vote I had was really challenging because you're looking at small samples and, and you know, how to put it in context, pitchers versus hitters. And, um, you know, hitters in, in such a relatively small number of plate appearances. And you just kind of do your best and try to pick the right guy. Um, nobody wants to get it wrong, I'll tell you that. And, and in this case, I, I really feel like any of these three guys would have been the right answer.
0: You know, Adam, the other thing I I constantly am just sitting here thinking about while you're talking is, you know, they take Devin Williams. He comes up through the farm system as a starter uh, and then had some yeah. control issues. I mean, not to the point of Jeremy Jeffers' control issues in the minors, but had some control issues. Uh, and then they, they throw him into the bullpen to see what he can do. And you get this. And it's just clearly a reminder that, especially with baseball, when you start talking about a draft and drafting a guy at a position or whatever, that does not mean that's how it's going to end up by the time they get to the big leagues.
1: Yeah, and look, there's a couple reasons why this is like a fitting award for 2020. Is one, it sort of is an example of uh, the way you know what value means to teams is is evolving, Um, and Devin Williams is. Peak value right now, even though it's, again, 27 – you're talking about only 27 innings. But he is the type of pitcher that teams love and can really win you a lot of games because of his versatility and downright dominance to come in and, you know, get you the outs you need on demand. Um, The other thing I love, which is not statistical at all, is just his story. Um, You know, grew up in St. Louis. Um, The fact that he learned his changeup just because he figured out how to spin a pitch in a weird way that messed with his friends. They would like hit him in the arm and the leg and they didn't yep. catch it because it was so nasty when he's 10 years old. And it evolves into this, you know, one of the nastiest pitches in major league baseball. It's kind of a cool, uniquely baseball sort of story. And then a guy who undergoes Tommy John surgery, you know, he came in, as you said, he was the, pro- he was the first top pick, even though he was a second rounder because they didn't have a first round draft pick in 2013. And um, he goes down with Tommy John. He falls off all the prospect lists and he came back and he walked too many guys. The command wasn't there, as you said. Um, and then 2019, I mean, we're talking just 2019 that he puts it together. He made the futures game, which is always a really great springboard for, for players makes it up to the big leagues by the end of the year. And then 2020, um, you know, he comes in and does this and look, maybe it, this 2020 season, could have been good for him in the sense that, you know, workload wise, you saw the shoulder thing at the end, just the fact that it was a shorter season was maybe a good thing for his development. He's able to go into, again, what we hope is a normal season in 21, assuming that the shoulder thing cleared up with rest as they believe it will um, with sort of a, a really good short season under his belt, confidence should be very high and maybe he'll be better for it moving forward. So it's, you know it's a uniquely 2020 story and, and also just a really good dude a guy who quickly became a really important voice in the clubhouse during the tough part of the summer and you know a player that that guys listened to his opinion was really important to this team this year and I think that's a part of the story as well so for a million different reasons just a. A super cool honor for a good kid.
0: David Williams, again, Rookie of the Year in the National League. That honor coming out uh, within the hour or so, and he'll be uh, talking to media or whatever coming up here around 630. Uh, One other thing uh, in how this affects this Brewer's roster as far as how well he played. uh, You have Josh Hader, who's going back to arbitration or whatever. We've talked about a lower payroll next year. Does this... I don't know if I say make it easier, but does this change maybe how the Brewers uh, look at Josh Hader now going into this year, considering payroll restrictions and how well Devin Williams played?
1: Well, I mean, you know, you have a guy that you'd feel perfectly good thrown in the ninth inning if you want to put Devin Williams there. So if you're talking about, you know, the potential of trading Josh Hader, which is going to be a topic from now until the day he's treated or somehow isn't in a brewer's uniform anymore. It's just going to be there forever. It, you, you now have that, you know, part of that equation is always, well, do we have someone else we trust in that spot? And now they certainly do. The hard part is who the hell knows what this off season is going to be and what the, what the trade market is, is going to be like in a season when right now it seems like teams are trying to detach themselves from every player contract that they can possibly detach themselves from because nobody knows what in the world next year is going to be. So I don't, I don't know what the market is for Josh Hader at this time and whether you can get something really good. There still is time to go on that where he's got a couple more years of arbitration. So it's not like they're up against a wall in terms of making a decision on him. I, I still think the most likely thing is they go into next year. And again, hopefully it's 162 game season and they've got Hader and Williams at the back of the pen. They've got, some really nice options. Now, again, the 60 game season, it it allowed them to explore some players and, you know, guys like Justin Topo, who's not on the radar at all, even when the the season begins and ends the year in a pretty big spot. So they've got some guys in the middle that they like, and then they've got some rotation arms that they like. So like from a pitching point of view, we don't say this very often. The Brewers are in an okay spot, They are, but they need to figure out some bats.
0: Yep. First and third. Um,
1: And, yeah, and and how and maybe catcher. I mean we'll see what they do there. Um how you do that in what's going to be a really tough, strange winter, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there'll be opportunity because teams are just going to non-tender everybody at that deadline coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm telling you. Um, I'm, nobody really knows what that's going to look
0: like. I'm David Surins. I'm just, look, Mark, I get it. Like, everybody's up against and all this. But listen to me. We finally have pitching. We have, like, front-line legitimate pitching right now. I got a decent yeah. bullpen. I need two bats. Can you give me two bats on one-year deals. Even if we push it a little bit and we might be able to make some real noise. I I mean, again, I'm not yeah, asking for I mean, five-year deals. I'm asking for one-year deals. Maybe they're a little bit pricier than, you know, what what teams would want to pay. But if it solidifies first and third and gets a decent bats, it's worth it.
1: And all that's going to depend on what this market is. I mean, right. teams are going to say they lost a ton of money. And yep. uh, the players are going to say this isn't fair. And, you know, there's the CBA looming. There's a lot. And, and then the virus is still, obviously, that's not it's not gone away. Nope. So there are a ton of different factors that are going to make this uh, an off season like we've never seen before and how it shakes out in terms of team friendly, player friendly, who's available. um, It's all so uncertain right now. And I, I, again, that non-tender date in early first couple of days of December is going to be a really big day just to see like, what is the free market? What is the free agent market? going to be in its totality and I guess I, my my bet is that there's going to be a lot more players dr- to join that list and um you know there may be opportunities for teams and, and I I you know I hate saying that because you, you play players players do good in pro, pro sports nobody's in the poorhouse, but you know they deserve to be compensated too so it's going to be um, I don't know it's just going to be I think a very complicated off season, and nobody exactly knows what these deals are going to look like.
0: Adam, thanks so much for coming on on Big Show OT tonight. Uh, what's the plan for the offseason? Going on any uh, fun hiking trips in the middle of nowhere where there's no COVID and just you and mountains?
1: Well, I got out to Minooka Park today, which is a great little spot, little hidden spot, West New and East Waukesha. So I would try to get the most... Is that on Racine? Is that
0: Saturday. on Racine Avenue?
1: Yes, I've been there. Be coffee ish.
0: I drove past there this weekend on the way to Robert's specialty meats, and was packed. There was cars everywhere.
1: Well, but it's a huge park, big open trails, great spot to go and get some social distance. Great dog parks. There you go. Great, great little gem. So yeah, you gotta. I mean, we're all gonna be trying to find ways to stay outside this winter.
0: No question. Adam, thank get you those so much.
1: Country skis tuned up, Sparky.
0: No, no, I've never put skis on in my life. Not starting this winter. Oh. Never, not cross country, exactly. not downhill, not. I've never, I literally have never put a ski on in my life. Never.
1: Nope. Lapham Peak has a lighted loop. It is completely flat. You could get some skis on, do a little shooshing.
0: All right, it'll be good. Maybe I'll go shooshing. if you if you go with me. Maybe I'll go with. Just uh, I'll do it. All right, can rent. all right, sounds good. All right, we'll be in touch. All right, my first time skiing, maybe <laughs> with Adam McKelvey. Big. There he is, Adam McKelvey on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline of applying for a home renovation loan. Is he feeling anxious? And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience the state of tranquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com. We're back in 30 seconds with Matt Schneidman from The Athletic. He's going to tell us who returned to practice today for the Packers.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours